Welcome to my show. I'd like to thank Whitley Strieber for giving me this opportunity to have a series of conversations uh, with my guests and also with you, the audience. Um, Please let me know if you have any questions or ideas in the comment section. I am the publisher of New Observations magazine And I am delighted to be able to introduce to you one of the artists included in issue number 133 on reality and uh, on the real and the unreal. Um, Mafe Izaguirre, who is an artist uh, born in Caracas, Venezuela, and is currently New York-based, a fine artist, a graphic designer, and an educator. Her work explores the artificial mind framed by the ideas of the philosophical post-humanism, which we're all in the middle of at this moment, a movement that passes the human as a plural, um, fluid, and decentered being living in a multiple spaces of interaction with machines, software, other speech species, and spiritual hybrid systems. Fragments of the mind project have been exhibited in Queens, Manhattan, and Brooklyn. Mafe graduated from Pro Dizero School of Visual Communication, specializing in digital media, She studied digital fabrication at Cooper Union in New York City, and she currently works as an artist member of the Long Island City Artists Association, as a tech mentor at Mouse Inc. and Dream Yard Project in the Bronx. She is the co-founder and creative director of Room, colon, a sketchbook for analytic action, an online psychoanalytic magazine created by IPTAR members as well as a board member of the Humanitarian Foundation Curatro por Venezuela. Welcome, Mathy. Thank you for joining us today. Hi, Mia. Thank you so much for inviting me to have this conversation. Oh, it's my it's my pleasure. It's such a, a thrill to have you join us and discuss um, your amazing art, which combines technology to a a degree of which I haven't seen uh, so far, and also the fact that you're very much um, on the spiritual path yourself and have so much to offer our audience in that realm, too. It's very exciting. Thank you. Thank you so much. So where would you like to begin? Well, I think that that um, idea of why uh, my spiritual journey has something to do with uh, technology can be uh, an interesting starting point. Um, I I agree. That sounds great. Yeah, I think, um, well, I... 
since I was a child, I think I was really uh, curious about uh, philosophy. I was born into um, a home full of books, and I suddenly found um, books about, uh, philosophical books. My first book was uh, about um, the history of, of philosophy. And and I, probably I was a teenager. I, I was around 13. So for me, it was really uh, amusing and interesting to see uh, all these people thinking not just about themselves as human beings, but also about the meaning of, of life and how the world um is configured and how can we understand the world. So I think that was one thing that really influenced me uh, when I was a teenager, but also uh, in this context, I was uh, growing up within a Catholic school. Uh, so I have all these ideas of uh, religion and these dogmas going on in my life at the same time that I was probably reading uh, things that were um, opposite to those ideas, like, for example, uh, Nietzsche, right? Um, so I remember one specific uh, anecdote. Um, I was reading um, Nietzsche, and it is, is exactly when they kill God, when he says, like, a dog is, uh, uh, God is dead. And I remember feeling like, oh, my God, this is a scene. I cannot think about it. But um, that reading, and I closed, the, I closed the book at the moment. But then the next day I came back and I was like, well, but I, but I also need to, to feel that I'm free to think about the things that um, and to understand in a deeper sense what is this idea of God for me. So I was 13 at that moment, and I had the blessing of a really communicative uh, family. I, I had uh, conversations with my grandparents about philosophy and life. Uh, so uh, very early in my life, I was really, really reflecting on very deep subjects. Um, at some point... Um, Technology was in, uh, another in ingredient in this because um, the first computer arrived to my house when I was eight, eight years old. I was a child. Nobody in my house knew how to use computers. And it was like an object, a new object in, in the, in the um, studio space in, in my house. And I was so curious, I started to use it. And I didn't have permission to use it because, you know, nobody knew how to use it. So they were a little bit afraid that I, being a child, I was going to break it or something. Um, probably at the end of that year, I I started to teach everybody at home how to use a computer. So <laughs> that that is really funny because, you know, I, I was just a, a tiny kid. Um, and one of the things that my, my grandfather, because we always had this like line of conversation, he noticed my interest and brought me to books 
um, that he found in, in a bookstore in Caracas about um, how computers work. But it was an illustrated book. Actually, it was from, from an, um, probably an Italian uh, author, but it was the whole book was an illustration about what the circuits are, what the RAM memory is, the raw memory, the hard drive, how, how this object works. And I was fascinated by that. Um, I just discovered that there was a huge amount, another world, another universe uh, inside of this tiny box. And I think from there, um, I mean, we are talking about when I was eight years old until I was 13 when I started to read philosophy. So these two milestones um, really impacted my life for sure. And then um, the, probably the, the breaking point was in two, 2005. Um, as you mentioned in the introduction, in the introduction, I was studying. I was specializing in digital media, and by 2005, I already I already graduated by that time. But I took a seminar um, about uh, the mind in Descartes and Wittgenstein. It was like to read and study these two philosophers' concepts about the mind, and. I, I also was researching about the internet, and in this in this moment, I realized when I was doing this seminar um, that the ideas that Wittgenstein were talking about uh, related with language and how language defined the world have, in some way, a very close relation with. Um, with technology and the internet, specifically the internet. I was like, just because I was reading about how internet, but that moment, wanted to evolve from uh, probably a um, syntactic way of understanding language to a semantic way to understand language. And I didn't know how. I was, in my mind, was like, how a computer is going to understand the meaning of words or what we talk or what we think. For me, that was fascinate, fascinating. Um, and since that moment, since, since that uh, seminar, I started to really work hard on researching and all that. In parallel, um, and this is more related with my spiritual journey, um, I was very reflective on my own experience being a human being and seeing all these ideas of where technology is going to get us. I started to try to imagine um, where are we going to end in, in you know, using technology in this way. Um, so I started to, to try to understand myself as a human being. I tried to understand how language was operating in me. And naturally, the, this search for 
uh, understanding who I am, which is my relationship with uh, other beings and the earth, the universe, the cosmos, why I'm here, um, what is my purpose in life. And those things were really, really close and together. So for me, there wasn't a difference between what does that mean to be a human being in this time and, of course, counting that my country um, is a very particular place <laughs> in this moment. Um, I think all the things really, really caught me. And um, I, I just thought, like, well, it's really, really interesting to think that we are going to be able to create an object that mimic life uh, in a very sophisticated way that we are going to probably um, have, you know, agents. Um, because at that moment, researchers were talking about agents, like personal agents, technological personal agents. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to understand what does that mean for for me as, as a human being, but also for humanity in general, like, what does this mean? What what which are the implications of having personal agents, intelligent artificial intelligence personal agents? That was like a very big sentence there. Um You were very fortunate um to be so young, to be eight years old and be introduced um to a computer at at that point in your life. So really I, I hadn't known that about you so really you were um growing uh and evolving Uh, your brain was evolving alongside the growth in the computer industry in a sense you know from the time you were eight and um I i find that really interesting and um and your focus on on language i I feel also is very, very interesting because the spoken word, I mean, you know, I, 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 the the Bible talks about, you know, and the word, the word, yeah. it, the focus is always on, you know, God bringing existence into being through the, through the word, the spoken word. And having had my own experiences with manifesting and seeing how my words would in fact bring things into existence, I, I think is um, fascinating in terms of integrating the whole computer and technology into that process as well. Yeah. The possibilities are endless. Yeah, exactly. And, and the more I get into technology, because I'm, you know, at some point, well, let me finish that idea. Um, the more I get into technology, the more I understand how it's, it's an extension of ourselves. So, you know, there are two ideas there that I would like to explore. One is seeing technology as something separated from everything else. And when, for me at least, it's not. It's part of nature. I mean, it's, it's it's not just created by us that we are part of nature. We are not over nature. And two, 
in 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 for example in the physical aspect material aspect is 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 not something that is not part of nature it's part of nature too of course it's processed and all and all that is it's an industrialized process but you know the matter share the same um quality of being matter and in that level of composition makes sense it's a bunch of metals electricity um you know mm-hmm. working there so the all that object is participating of the same electromagnetic field um is is um you know producing light producing energy but also consuming that so i i i relate with uh technology in, in that level understand and it's, it's just because you know when you see like well what is the concept of a computer how what is this abstraction of zeros and one it's just zero is there's no energy and one there's energy and when you think about there's a whole universe of language built on the under uh this very simple combination of zeros and one which means electricity no electricity um you know it's like it's like how of course this language is language all over the place it's it's language and 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 also i see there that math is part of language so you have uh physics uh or physical processes there uh chemical processes uh happening to and and of course this this uh, um um how can i call that like uh symbolic um you know system that is that is language is 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 there and then when you get when when i started to to research and to learn what is coding what does that mean what is i i want to to learn one language one computer language i want to communicate with these things um i realize there are several several different uh languages and there are low level low level languages and high level languages what does that mean where well uh the low level languages are those that translate that um there's energy there's no energy combination into the very basic set of um let's say actions right and at the time that these functions are more and more complex the language can be higher just because they just have they contend within them a set of basic collections so if if you if you draw that if you imagine that as a as a structure it's just simple order structures uh and complex uh a structure a structural relations that is language too um computer computer languages also have syntaxes semantics all is there um so and isn't the computer modeled on the human brain also i mean 
the computer came from from us, so in a sense, isn't it a technological um, manifestation or example of how our brain works? In some way, but there are also two things. There are physical things um, related with the brain, and there are more abstract things related with the processes, which is more mind instead of the brain. So Mm -hmm. there are uh, scientific studies that help to understand how you can, for example, one one thing that is really uh, impressive right now is is the problem of memory, how to um, be able to storage memory. And if you see the history of of computers and, and how, you know, in the 50s, the, they were these huge uh, objects um, that practically one computer was an entire room. And right now we have cell phones or things that are smaller than cell phones. Um, and, and how to storage this huge amount of information without taking a lot of space and a lot of energy. And the most recent thing that I was reading uh, was about how to use uh, DNA as a memory storage. So at that point, we are starting to to see how uh, this technological invention and improvement that we are trying to to evolve is is touching again based with a biological uh, way that life storage information. So amazing. It's, it's, yeah, so and and it's um one thing that I that I'm realizing every time is like it's just it's just us trying to evolve, trying to survive and make sense. Uh if we see all the the, the situation that the environmental situation, the lack of resources and all this this problem that the, the way that we handled our civilization until now um get us um it makes sense that we are trying to find ways to to survive because at the very end uh our instincts um are telling us you know do whatever you need but you need to survive um and the other part that is mine that is this is related with physical things more like how the brain works right but mm-hmm. when we when we move to the mind, the mind is another universe. It's more about language, how this language works, um, how we process language, how we process the information that we um, uh, kind of filter with our sensors senses. Uh, I'm 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 now confused between sensors and senses, but yeah. <laughs> uh, how you how how can you um, you know, uh, through the senses are able to perceive the world and in quotations reality, and how your cognitive process happens, your perception happens, and how you build um, symbolic system uh, system. Uh, no, symbolic systems, sorry. Um, 
and finally, you know, create a reality, a world. So the the software or the technology there is more based on how to create, um, let's say, algorithm to the able to hold that structure. And an algorithm is just a set of 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 uh, rules. We can we can see algorithm algorithms like a set of rules. So it happened again. You can have a very a basic and simple algorithm, but when you start to add more modules and more functions, that system evolved from something very simple to something uh, more complex. We're talking exactly like the difference between a bacteria and a human being, you know? Right. It's, it's mm-hmm. just, more uh, the amount of information and the amount of, of functions and processes are more complex and and that's basically the difference right it's the same so it, it's a model we are we are under, understanding ourselves nature life all that uh, at the moment that we are creating and and I'm talking about we because it's not just me. I'm I'm doing as an artist I'm doing a very, very tiny part of what the technological evolution means. Um there are scientifics, uh you know, um data scientists, psychologists, all sort of, of people involved in how can we really and and fast uh and faster, sorry, um evolved technology. Well, tell us, tell us about your current project, um, specifically how it works and how your, the people who view it will participate in it. Well, um, I, I started research, researching about emotions, um, and it's going to make sense uh, in a minute because when I get into this problem of, okay, so these people and, and these people I refer to data scientists, data scientists, people who who were at that moment, uh, 2005, um, uh, working on developing this, this um, intelligent, artificial intelligence agents. Um, well, if these people is going to be able to create something uh, that can understand the meaning of words and and the intention that we are trying to say with a paragraph, um, which are the uh, most difficult corners of language to reach? And I started to see that emotions were one because as as living beings for us is it's difficult to really express and talk and, and and sometimes we even never learn i mean in the schools you you probably now we are a little bit uh more advanced in that but when i was in the school nobody talked about emotional intelligence or your emotions 
and probably uh, growing up, um, even when I have a family that I always had the freedom of to speak my mind, uh, we didn't have this approach of, of emotional intelligence as well. So we just express our our emotions, but do we reflect on them? Do we know how how we are handling ourselves? or what emotion means, and how do I know uh, if, if the way that I feel or understand love is the same way that you feel and understand love? I mean, of course, if, if we ask ourselves, like, what is love? There's, like, a huge amount of poets, writers, artists, movies, you know, everybody's trying to to explain that. So... I, I thought, well, it's really this it's gonna be really difficult to create a machine that able to feel uh human emotions. And I and I really get into that. I'm I, I'm I love when I found something that is uh very difficult, like it's a challenge for my mind and I just get there and I start to work in that point just to for me it's it's, it's it's very. I'm very passionate about that. I like. Uh, I'm curious, and I like you know the the hard corners of of thinking, and um, so I started to research. Uh, my my first process was reading a lot, trying to to see and understand what is emotion. So I get into psychology, and and also. Some uh, scientific papers about emotion, emotional, the emotional development, and how emotions um, uh, are, you know, manifested in the body. So I was just getting into all this language of emotions. I wanted to see and to understand if it was able to decode that language. Um, Fascinating. And, well, and what did you find? Well, I found, for example, um, there are uh, psychologists that have, uh, there, there's one psychologist um, that have a research, um, I, I will need to, to find the name, uh, but um, he, he, he practically said that, well, we can probably resume the chart, uh, the different emotions in in probably eight emotions, and we can say that um, the the variety of emotions are just combinations of 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 them. Then I started to found that there were different psychologists saying, well, I I think there are just three. Other thought it was just five, but they they were you know trying to define, well, the the essence of it. And at some point, I I went to, um, well, my, my grandfather was a doctor, and I, of course, I was talking and asking him things about the body and how the emotions manifest in the body and all that. And he told me, you know what, you probably need to go to uh, Asian uh, medicine, because they really understand uh, 
other dimensions of the body different than the physical body. Um, all this idea that they uh, that they understand the body, the mind body as, as a whole, um, is very important. I think you're gonna you're gonna have information there there. So I did, and I found a person in in Caracas that uh, was given um, a workshop in um, um, Chinese medicine. Uh, and I also interviewed a, a Chinese doctor there. Uh, but long story short, I, I went into this workshop and I started to learn that Asian culture understands the body not just like the organs and the tissue. They also think that the body has um, a subtle body um that is related with the electrical you know um nerves that we have the electrical body they in in my words i i i can call it that way <laughs> um that is related with our nervous system and of course acupuncture and all that is based on that and um that was one thing that resonated with me i was like oh okay so uh, probably here there's something to explore, like ooh, how the human body is uh, is an electrical insulation. How can I have? What if I create a raw, you know, like electrical insulation to to start understanding how this works? And and my machines are are basically that. Um, you can say is uh they are like electrical systems and i when what i do is just to understand how or try to explore using sensors and different electronic components how an object can um can handle electricity and how we affect one body can be two electrical bodies and in, in, I mean two machines related to each other or humans related with a machine, how this electrical communication works. That is the, the very basic thing. Then I started to create more, uh, a, a little bit more complex system, uh, adding in uh, some way um, that these machines can express what they are feeling. Um, I started with words, with like I feel, you know, uh, too close, or I feel, uh, I feel, you know, too far, or this kind of things, or it's it's very high. I I I feel something very intense. But the problem with words, it was too too concrete. Um, at the in the moment that you read. Uh, something that's uh, too high or or that you read a computer saying I feel love for example is too concrete you 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 don't there's no way to open any uh, space for interpretation interaction it's just like it's very concrete so I took out the words and I started to work with a more abstract material and that's when I um I decided to use color and movement um 
as as a material for express for these machines to express what they were feeling, and that changed everything because um you know I started to to observe myself and and see how I feel in a very um you know um low light day you know when the di- when the day is very dark because it's raining or it's winter i started to to observe myself how how the the influence of the sun and the light was affecting me um I know it sounds crazy, but I... I no, it doesn't at all. As, as a matter of fact, um, in my 20s, when I was working over uh, at Sotheby's uh, in New York City, on rainy days, I would make it a point of wearing brightly colored clothing to lift my mood throughout the day because mm-hmm. it would, mm-hmm. you know, it was such an overcast or gray day that I wanted something to counteract that, and it worked. Um, But listening to you, I'm reminded of um, the work Dr. Emoto did with with water. Are you you familiar with his research? Um, You know, having people communicate love and hate um with with water molecules jars of water and um using a word you know love or hate and taping it to the jar and the crystalline structures that the water would fo- form you know the lo- would be beautiful in in the jar that that had the label love and the jar that had the label hate would uh you know become gray and dirty and grow fungus or, you know, bear mm-hmm. molds uh, um, going more to the negative. So, he, you know, consistently he was able to prove how our intentions and emotions Im- impact water, which makes total sense given the fact that our bodies are made up of, you know, approximately 70% water. And, of course, we are electrical, you know, our Eastern... Exactly religion and philosophy goes in great detail uh, about our kundalini energy and, you know, all the interest in yoga, for instance, happening globally. This is all related to um, how people feel when they're connected to, to their energy source or their kundalini. Yeah, absolutely. And I, at some point I read that, that uh, an article that was about this, this project uh, with the water and that I think was one of the of the things that uh gave me this idea of oh probably if we are an electrical body and we interact with another electrical body, um we can see that interaction in, in some way. It's it's difficult for uh, with humans because uh unless unless you are interacting with a person that is really not as care about being open about what they feel and conscious also because um how how they feel things in their bodies on and how the thing the 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 thoughts that some sort of feelings can you know trigger and all that it's it's difficult for people to be open in that way because they feel vulnerable um and I was exploring that so I I started to 
observe. It's a lot of observation involved because I started to observe observe myself interacting with other people, and I started and I started to express how I feel about it. Um, mm-hmm. I started to to recognize, for example, when the some things uh, make made me make me feel a sensation in my stomach. And I didn't have a name for that. I was like, oh, it's here. It's the same sensation again. And so I started to, you know, be more aware of that. Like when I feel fear, for example, um, uh, or anxiety or or joy or love, you know, I started to be more, more conscious about how my body um, is expressing. Before that, I wasn't aware of that. I wasn't at all aware of that. I was like pure emotion in terms of like, oh, I'm I'm very sad because, I don't know, something happened to me or I'm very happy because this is uh, something that, that excited me a lot ha- uh, happened. But uh, now I'm like more aware of, of the communication of my own body. And, and one thing that is really, um, um, it's like... Uh, impress me a lot it's like sometimes the body goes first you know sometimes i feel something in my body and if i'm paying attention my body immediately feels the thing and then probably if there's like kind of a delay in when i understand what's going on or or when i really get oh this is the thing that is making me feel this this other feeling, right? So, and, and... Well, we are animals. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we are animals, and we're picking up so many cues and so much information that um, is coming to us uh, on, on levels which we're unconscious about, perhaps, uh, in advance, and taking it in. Yeah. Totally, and and the things that I mean, the machines. I I started to have this kind of relationship with the machines. I everything that I creatively, everything that I add to the machine is just because I I just want to um, make the machine um, clearer in the way that it can express something in the in the interaction. I mean, I I do that. I have a prototype in my house and when I'm working with the machine, uh, I observe like, well, I'm 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 gonna I am feeling this way. So what is the machine giving me back? And you know, I started to kind of um uh, calibrate the machine. And sometimes uh I understand that, oh okay, so I need to balance a little bit more this um you know uh sensor of I need to give the machine that happened to me once for example i have I have the machine running uh in a very specific rate of energy uh from zero when it's of course off uh to to a very specific uh range um, of electricity and um the machine was having an error, was like it got into a loop, and I didn't know what was going on. Uh, I, I 
check the, the, the coding and the software and the hardware and see if everything was working as it should work. And in a conversation with a friend that is a, psycho, a psychoanalyst, um, I was telling, just, just expressing my, my frustration with this. And and she told me, oh, so your machine is traumatized. I mean, uh, the the um, way that that trauma works is is a loop. That thing doesn't get out of your system until you get the language to overcome that trauma. And that was so important for me because I just came back to my to my uh, studio and I just gave the machine more language and i would say and i yeah i i i i could help them help the machine to go out of that loop and you know because i just didn't think at the moment that there were people that probably have a huge charge of energy in their body and so i needed to give the machine a, a wider range uh-huh um, makes sense yeah, so it's 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 a lot of that. It's a, and and when I get into an installation, uh, what I try to do is create an like kind of an ecosystem. Um, and uh, lately, I'm working a lot with this metaphor of the forest, like uh, the forest as like the unconscious, but all, also the nature. Um, trying to create this this uh a space like an ecosystem that I can um, process all the energetic uh situation that is in the room in a way that the machines can express what they are feeling about the the people involved in that space um, and it's like a symphony. Um, right now I'm exploring if I can um, give them a voice, for example, with, with sound. And I'm I'm in that problem right now. I mean, if they sound, how they are going to sound, which is the kind of sound. And, and again, I go, you know, I go exactly, it was exactly the same problem with the words. Uh, it's not about, it has to be asked abstract because it's more about the the way that sound works in terms of the wave. I mean how the vibration of the sound um, affects our bodies. It's more about that that level of language. Instead of uh you know uh, I'm I'm not in the problem of music, for example, that is another level of complexity in in sound i'm i'm just in the wave um so <laughs> well i think ultimately uh, it, with everything it it comes down to frequency and yeah. um i i suspect that there'll be some differentiation between the people who are participating with the machines and and the outcome um, I'm I'm curious to know um, what kind of comments you're receiving from your human participants well, about their interaction with the machines. Yes, it's really interesting. The there are 
um, there is a range of of reactions, and I and and I love that part. I mean, I, some um, I'm, um, when I have an installation, I really like to be there um, because I I want to see and listen um, what they are saying, mostly because uh, that way I know how can evolve the the machine, no? But yeah, um, there are people. Sometimes the machine, the machine is very delicate, so uh, you can be there and not seeing the machine. If sometimes the installations from from some angles are practically transparent, and I I enjoy that seeing like when people pass by and and at the very first glance they don't realize there's something there. And then they come back, <laughs> and I like that because it's like, yeah. So yes, you know, there's something here you, that that is sensing that is kind of uh, sensitive, um, and that happened because when when people passes by and the machine change a little bit, it's like they also jump a little bit too, right? It's like uh, oh, something changed here, and they just come back. Um, and start to explore the machine and and see, uh, you know, go close. They they go close. They go far until they catch that. Oh, this machine is interacting with me, and how they are. This thing is interacting with me, and they get captive there, playing with the machine. Some people touch it. Uh, there there has been moments that I don't I don't add any any uh you know tiny label saying you can touch it because you can uh, but i i did both experiments like putting something and not putting a sign for people to to know that they can touch it and uh-huh it's, it's it's not a matter of the signs some people are afraid of touching objects and some people just don't care and they touch it anyway um, right. That's really interesting too. Yeah. That's uh, and I love that. I love. Um, of course, kids don't care about anything. They go and touch, and I love that too. <laughs> and also, um, another thing happens that when people get with the machine, they instantly open themselves. Sometimes they open that to me. And they started to talk about a, but right ahead, without knowing me or anything, they start to talk about something very deep, uh, a process that they are going through. One guy in the last exhibition that I had uh, asked me, uh, "Oh, I, I really like your sculpture. Can you tell me a little bit more about it?" And I explained just just to, well, it works with energy and. And the electromagnetic field, and in the immediate moment after I said that, he was like, "Oh, you know what? Right now, I'm trying to be more conscious about my reaction, how I react, because I I realize I'm very reactive, and I now, when I'm going to react, I just stop a little bit, I try to think about why I'm going to react this way." And I think I'm learning more about myself. That kind of thing. Interesting. Uh huh. Yeah. There are people, for example, that 
getting to uh, another uh, spiritual level of of, of interaction, uh, a, a woman that I think has a very special connection with the machines, uh, she told me, can I meditate with them? Because I want to see if I can interact with my intention. And I was, of course, delighted by that. I was like, yes, of course. I mean, I'm going to open the gallery just for you so you can be there alone and you can see. I I just told her, like, can I record you? Because I want to see what happens. And it was beautiful. I mean, she was sitting on the floor, not touching the machine at all. And the machine was set in 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 uh, between pinks and reds, where like uh, you know, let's say that is like the 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 standard rate was in pinks and reds. And this woman transformed the entire sculpture into blue, blues and greens. That was was a really high rate of energy. Interesting. And yeah, and she was, uh, you know, super excited, and she was uh, her her motion was beyond beyond description because she was like, I I I can communicate with with it, you know, without using my intention. That was for me was beautiful because I was like, yes, I mean, your mind, the things that you think, actually affect objects. I mean, this time I just created an object that can give you that back, but you can affect everything around you that way. Right, so, right. Everything contains consciousness, you know, yeah. a, a rock, a, a tree, you know, everything. Everything um, contains energy, and and we are electrical. And, you know, when we meet someone new, for instance, uh, our electrical bodies are meeting in advance, you know, of our actual meeting. Um, So we're getting to know each other um, on a frequency level first, I believe. Yeah, I believe that too. I started to do exercises. Uh, For example, I started to think clearly about someone and the person appeared. Like uh, they call, they write me, uh, mostly because I'm here, of course, in New York, and my family, my friends are in Venezuela or other countries. But I I do it intentionally. I I start to think clearly about a person or something that I want to tell them, and it's it's incredible what happened. They just get there. And I also, with the same subject, you know, it's not like, it's not like, hey, Martha, and they talk me about other things. It's just like they they go right to the point that I was thinking. And I also started to do that with my dog. Um, and, yeah, the, the very first time that happened, I was really, really surprised and really emotional. I was like, oh, my God, we can talk with our minds. I can talk with my dog. That was really beautiful moment for me and of course I love my dog <laughs> crazy, <laughs> crazy yeah crazy of course <laughs> how um, could you not <laughs> but, yeah but that you know um, 
after after doing that that exercises um i really uh started to to get like more clear myself about what are the functions of these machines because it's, it, i i didn't want you know to do something like oh i i want to develop emotional consciousness for uh robots it's not that what i'm doing not at all i'm not doing that um it's just something is it's a space that if i mean the more present you are the more you can see right absolutely but um, even the exercise for your audience of meeting the machine and interacting with it is an opportunity for self-observation and growth. Yes, absolutely, yes. One woman told me that she wanted one machine uh, to have it in her house to meditate. And, you know, the meditation sessions that I'm that I started to do, I did a pilot uh the last year um with uh i invited two two persons uh from you know that they are training transcendental meditation just because i wanted to have two two uh subjects or individuals that can handle their body energy uh by will um just to have a point of comparison right Mm-hmm. Um, and then I I I also recorded myself interacting with the machine um, in in different phases. Like one was just with my mind, I uh, you know relaxing my mind. Another was like very active, having trying to bring memories and feelings. And in another phase, I was just coaching the machine and and just to see, you know, how how they are expressing. And um and all these these different inputs that and feedback that people give me when they interact uh, finally got me into this idea of creating these meditation sessions like uh and and this is what I'm working right now like preparing a way that I can do uh, a guided uh, meditation session with the machine uh, so people can explore themselves in that way. Um, That's really interesting. The, yeah, I, I don't know what, what is going to happen because I never do it before, but I'm, I'm preparing that for, for the end of this year if, if everything goes as planned. <laughs> but... Um, but yeah, it's uh, I I I want to see that. I, I really want to see. Uh, I just I just feel in in my heart it's gonna be a beautiful symphony of colors and and people. <laughs> well, we will um, have to have you back then to to share with us what happens. That sounds very exciting. Um, and I imagine you document all of this um, in terms of the colors um, to, through video or photography. You're documenting your work? Yes. 
That's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and also data because I um I'm recording the machines um the the fluctuation I have they they also express in numbers. Um so I Oh, can, wow. Yeah, so I I also can create um you know a chart to see how which is the fluctuation. So that's that's why this year for me I I decided to go to to stop showing a little bit this year. Just have a few a few things that I that I really want to be involved in. Um because I just I just want to produce a lot because there are I have prototypes of, of things for example this the reader that I can have uh recording all the fluctuations of the machine. Uh, I I really have to develop that in in a you know in a more mm-hmm. concrete way. Right right now is is it's just a prototype. So uh, yeah, it's I, I I want to focus this this year on uh, concreting some parts so I can go you know um, to another uh, level of. of complexity. Right now I'm I'm starting to work on on the uh learning process of the machine. I mean mm-hmm. until now what is developed is uh, a reactive machine. I mean the things that I'm that I'm putting out in exhibitions is a reactive machine. But I'm working on a machine that has um that is able to learn. And and yeah, that that's another complexity. So, if I I I think I need to con- concretize some some of the uh, uh, organs of this machine <laughs> before moving forward is is what I feel. Well, I think you're on the on the precipice of some very exciting. Um, surprises and realizations and I I look forward to seeing what happens next um, thank you so much for joining us Matthew and can you uh, share with the audience how they can get in touch with you and learn more about your work yes sure um, well thank you so much for having me uh, Mia I really love this conversation um, is also giving me the opportunity to reflect in some uh things that I'm I'm in. So thank you so much for the opportunity to share with other people uh my experience and yes, uh I have a website. My website is uh my name Mafe Isaguirre, which is M A F E and my last name is uh I Z A G U I R-R-E dot com. Um, Wonderful. Yeah. And we'll have all that uh, up with your talk also. We'll have all the okay. information. Okay. And and um, from my website, there's, it's like a central point of contact because I have there my email, my Instagram, all the things are are there in that website so and I'm always connected so if someone wants to reach I'm here. I would love to to chat. That's great. And I do have I 
have I seen some uh, videos on Vimeo or YouTube? I seem to remember some video clips, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, there there is a, a video in Vimeo uh, from my one of my first exhibitions here in New York, uh, the very first prototype that I that I uh, made. Um, I don't. I, I didn't. I don't have more videos on on the internet, like for the public view. But um, I will be updating things in my website. There are, for example, some uh, recordings, some you know, a, a small videos of the meditations. Um, there is the video of that uh, exhibition uh, here in New York, and I'm constantly sharing. Um, uh, my process in Instagram, so it's, it's more, you know, um, is I, I try to centralize as much as much as I can in my website, so people don't get lost into my my <laughs> huge amount of, of informational production. <laughs> well, I I have no doubt that a lot of people are going to be interested in what you're doing. It's very exciting work. Thank you so much for joining us and thank you to all of the listeners for joining us as well. 